Good morning, evening, afternoon, whenever it is that you're listening to this, whether you're new or old, welcome back to the Level Ground Podcast. Um, We're glad you're here again with us. Um, Some of you may have never listened to the podcast before and may be new to it. Um, We're gaining new listeners every week. Um, Some of you may have listened to every episode. Regardless, we're glad you're here. I'm your host, Grayson Seegers, and... We're going to jump right into it today uh, without too much talking and rambling. But we have mentioned multiple times that we wanted to get you a Bible if you didn't have one. And maybe if you're new to Christianity, don't know anything about Christianity, this, that, and the other, um, you don't know exactly why I keep saying, I want to get you a Bible, I want to get you a Bible. Well, number one, religion and Christianity, I say religion, Christianity is based around the Word of God. Uh, It should be based around a literal interpretation of the Word of God, and it should be the final authority. We shouldn't depend on man's opinions. I'm just being honest. What I say, what I think, it doesn't mean a hill of beans. We should all focus on on the Word of God. And and today we kind of wanted to swing away. We've talked about uh, heaven and and hell, and we've talked about sin and salvation, and today we want to kind of swing in a different direction and just kind of talk to you a little bit about the Word of God. Um, and so we're going to kind of just get right into it. And, and as we were studying and thinking, we we thought about a few different things that maybe can make it relatable to you if you've if you have no idea what we're talking about. And, and I want to know, and maybe we'll word it this way, have you ever had car problems and, and ever decided you should consult the manual or the handbook and, and then you find somebody way smarter than you has written the thing out and some engineer somewhere in the office has done it, so you spend a little while trying to decipher where it's at and look through the index and try to figure out what part you're trying to fix and what you're trying to do and figure out where it's at and see if you can do it and and it, then you go and you turn to the page and you read it and there's a step-by-step process and all of these things. And then when you do all of this, you find out at the end that the answer for it wasn't in there. They didn't tell you how to fix this problem. They didn't prepare for it. Um, a lot of times we'll, we'll take and we'll try to research. And me personally, I, I had, a, had a 2006 Toyota Tacoma and I would try my best to fix everything on it that I could myself with some help from a friend and the clutch went out in it and in that clutch in the very center of the clutch there's a pilot bearing and I didn't know nothing about it and and I'm sure some of you don't know anything about about this and some of you do and 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 that's great because you're doing better than me but I sat there and I got everything took apart and I looked and there was a bearing in the center of this clutch and I was like, how am I going to get this out? And so I started going and looking and trying to uh, maybe find a way that I could get it out and and me and my friend found a technique they call bread packing. And you literally take and ball up bread and stick it in there and and in the to that pilot bearing and beat it in and eventually it builds up so much pressure that it comes out. And what did we do? We 
we had to go looking for it. We had to go researching for it. We had to go finding somewhere, and finally we found it. And then you look, and and maybe you don't you don't relate to that, and maybe you don't relate to fixing a vehicle. I mean, you look, and maybe it's even a piece of IKEA furniture, and you're sitting there, and you're thinking, I've got this in a bag, and you throw away the directions, throw them to the side if you're the typical guy like me, and and then you start trying to put it together and you end up with extra pieces or not enough pieces. And and say you even look at, at the directions and they don't make sense. And then you then you are kind of stuck. Don't know how to change it. And there's been times in, in my life, and I know everybody has been in this place. You maybe you've been in a very tense debate. And you've sat there and you've went back and forth with somebody and you know that you're right. You have got the right answer. You know that beyond anything. And somebody wants you to prove it to them. So you painstakingly research whatever topic it may be. And you pull up Google and and you Google some words and you find out you weren't right at all. And then you try to find something or anything that may be true because (laughs) it's on the internet. It must be true, right? And then sometimes you do find the correct thing. And and so many times in the society we live, we, we're constantly looking for direction. Um, if it weren't for Google, if it weren't for uh, search engines on our computer where we can just type in a few words and pops up things, a lot of us wouldn't know what to do with a lot of, of different instances. And and so we use that and we, we try to find stuff and try to find the answers to our problems and you're feeling symptoms of a sickness and you'll go online and you'll research those symptoms and you try to get the right answer and you convince yourself you've got this terrible disease and it ends up only being something very small that can be treated in a very easy way and you probably don't even have to go to the doctor to to get it fixed. What I'm saying is every one of us does that and every one of us gets to a place where we want to look for help from any celebrity, any politician, any uh, any human being that's wrote, written some kind of blog post or, or anything like that, and we look to other people who may have been through it before. And, and a lot of times humans do not have the right answers. Um, and a lot of times humans really will give you a wrong answer. And if you... If you listen to, to humans' advice and, and a man's advice and woman's advice, they're not always going to be correct. They're not always going to be right. And in my life, when I've done these things and I've tried to listen to other people and do what other people want me to do, at the end of the day, whether it was good advice they give me, bad advice they give me, if it didn't go the way I wanted to, I found myself saying these words. What if they had only written a handbook? When I announced my preacher calling, I didn't really know what I was getting into. It's a great work, and and I am so thankful for it. But honestly, I didn't realize all of the the behind-the-scenes things that would take place. And, And I found myself saying multiple times, and I've said it time after time after time, they didn't put this in the handbook. They didn't give me a handbook when I started. These are things that I've had to learn through experience. But in all reality, I can sit here and say I wish they had written a handbook. And they really have. Um, With anything in life, with any problem you've got, there is a handbook that can help you. Now, 
no, you're not going to be able to to open this handbook and find how to fix that problem with your vehicle. You're not going to find uh, the answer to some math equation in this in this handbook, but you will find answers to a lot of questions in life and a lot of the emotional problems and and all the the serious things that happen in your life. What is that handbook? Well, it's the Bible. That's why we push and we've talked so much about wanting to get you one because if you don't have one, we want you to have a copy of it. Now, the the word Bible is not in the Bible. Um, you'll never find it, but what you will find is the Word of God, the Word of God, the Word of God. And we, we hope to dive into that today and and explain a little bit as to why the Bible is so important in a Christian's life um, and why you should study it and why you should look to it for guidance and why you should consult this as, for lack of a better way to put it, your handbook. Um, the English word Bible is derived from Greek, and it is the word tabiblia, and it means the books. The Bible is divided into two sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament, and consists of 66 books, 1,189 chapters, 31,102 verses. The collection of 66 books is known as the canon of Scripture. That word from the Hebrew, kaneh, means a rod, and the Greek, kanon, means a reed. So here you've got the word canon, canon of Scripture, meaning a rod in Hebrew or a reed in Greek. Among other things, the word the words referred equally to the measuring rod of a carpenter and the ruler of a scribe. And it became the common word for anything that was the measure by which others were to be judged. So, something that maybe you could put down and you could count as law was considered canon. And it was considered the rod and it was considered the reed. And the Bible says in Galatians 6.16, And as many as walk according to this rule... Peace be on them and mercy upon the Israel of God. Now, the canon, this canon of Scripture, this holy Bible, these holy books that were given to us, is the holy, inspired, and inherent Word of God. And you should genuinely consult this and use this as what you live your life by. The writer said in one place, it was in Psalm 23, David said, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Not only, the rod was, and the staff, if you look at them, and what a shepherd used them for, the shepherd would use use them to gather the sheep, and, and every now and again he would kind of hit the sheep with the rod, and he would take the staff and use the hook on the top of it and pull them back in, and they had uses, and they were for correction and for gathering and David was saying, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Well, what's the Lord's rod and his staff? It's his holy word. And 
this is the rule in which men should live by. This is a rule in which Christians should live by. And the next question is going to be, well, you say it's wholly inspired in the inherent word of God. It has no error. Well, how was it written? The Bible says in 2 Peter 1, 21, for, prophes- for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And so we look and we can pick up on some words here. And, and so I want us to look first at 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Inspiration means God breathed. So it means that the Bible is a God-breathed piece of, of Scripture. It is God breathed upon it and inspired it with His Holy Spirit. And the breath of God or the Spirit would come and move upon a man according to 2 Peter chapter 1. The, the Spirit of God would move upon a man and God would use him as a vessel and he would begin to write or to speak onto the page. So as a man would sit there or a man would speak or in his scribe would write, the Spirit of God would come down and would abide with them and would and would inspire that writing and inspire that speaking. And that's how we came with the inherent word of God. And you might be thinking, well, what help can the Bible actually give? And I've thought this, I, even me myself, so many times you look at the Bible and you think it's foreign stories. And, and this is, I'm going to be real with you, this is what the human mind and, and the flesh in us will think. What help can it actually give? And right here in Second Timothy, it give us what it can help with. It said, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. So God breathed upon it. God moved upon it. And it said it is profitable for doctrine. Number one, every bit of doctrine in the church. Everything that a church does, everything that you abide by as a Christian, ought to be founded and grounded out of the Word of God. If it's not, it's not doctrine. You shouldn't ground your church upon it. And you ought to take whatever it is. If it's not founded upon the Word of God, wad it up, throw it in the trash, and let's start over. The Bible says it's profitable for reproof. Remember we talked before about reproving, rebuking, and exhorting with all long-suffering and doctrine. If you use the Word of God, you can use it to reprove somebody. You can use the Bible to show not only where someone else is in the wrong, but also where you're in the wrong. Because this canon of Scripture is no doubt the the rule that a man should live by and should be judged by. It is the rod and it is the reed that we should live up to. It is the rule that we should live up to. The Bible also says it's profitable for correction. Not only does it tell you what may not be right in your life, but it tells you how to fix it. 
and you can look on and you can see that the Bible says it's profitable for instruction in righteousness. So not only will it teach you how to turn away from the bad and lean into and unto the good, but it gives you instruction on how to live a better life. And yes, this is a spiritual book, and it is a book that that you can find spiritual help in. But even if a Christian was to look and was to, or a non-Christian was to look and was to begin to read the Bible, yes, you can, you can read it for history purposes and historical purposes, but the value found in the Bible, the values that the Bible teaches, if a man was to look at them, the Bible teaches morally good values. The Bible teaches great values to live by. And you can look and and you can begin to look through all the books in the Bible and look through all the scriptures and all the things it says you should do and that you shouldn't do. And even if you're not a Christian, if you have any moral standard whatsoever, you would be able to agree that what the Bible gives is good instructions to live by. It's a good rule to live by. You can take the Ten Commandments and what it says in the Ten Commandments and you can read each one of the ten. And you could try your best to live by those. And that is a good rule to live by. And there's so much more in the Bible to live by besides the Ten Commandments. But also, when you look at the Bible, you'll find three applications in the Bible. You'll find a historical application. And so you can look in the Bible and you can see your main characters throughout the, the Bible was in the Old Testament was your Jew versus uh, all manner of people. Then as you get on into the New Testament, you find where Rome has come in and you can look at, at the things it says about Rome. And then you can also look at the development of the church and the early church and you can follow that through on through the New Testament. And you might think, well, well what does that have to do with anything? That could be made up. You can find historical application in the Bible that matches other writings from other scribes and other historians from other cultures. You can find things in the uh, in Roman history that matches up with what the Bible is talking about. You can find things from there's a Jewish historian by the name of Josephus. You can find things in the Bible that matches up with what Josephus wrote, and and so on and so forth and. So there is a historical application to the Bible. You can study some very good history in the Bible. There's also a doctrinal application. And we've already said it that that's where the ordinance of the church, ordinances of the church should come from is from the word of God. You ought to have scripture to back it up. And a dear friend of mine says it this way. He says, and as a matter of fact, my pastor says it this way. He says you take five scriptures, six scriptures, you point in the same, and they're all pointing in the same direction toward the same thing. You can take that and you can chalk it up as doctrine and not have to worry about it. If I show you five pieces of scripture that all point in the same direction and you take them verses in context and you read about the context of what is given in the Word of God, you can chalk that up for your doctrine and what you live by as a Christian, as a church, um, and even as a human being. And that's your rule to live by. Live by. And and there's also a spiritual application, and it's it's something that is used 
for spiritual well-being, exhortation, and reproof. Just like you get sick in the flesh, sometimes the spirit gets sick. Sometimes the spirit needs help. Sometimes the spirit needs healing. Sometimes we need an extra touch. Where can we find that? We can find that in the Word of God. You can find something to help your troubled soul. You can find exhortation to build you up when you're feeling down. And you can find reproof and you can refine, You can find things when you aren't in the place that you ought to be and you're not in the best shape that you've ever been. You can find things in there to help you. And the Bible, it gives us guidance in our doctrines as a Christian. So let it, it lets us know what's wrong, corrects us for a wrongdoing, and instructs and encourages us in spiritual matters. So this is this is where you get your your spiritual applications of the Bible is that it does all of these things. And if you study the Bible any length of time and begin to look and begin to seek and try to find, you know, just good things to, to live by and good things to kind of work with, you can find there that that the Bible has very good doctrinal and spiritual applications, very good spiritual help, very good... Uh, Better than anything, I'll say it this way, me even teaching you something and trying to tell you something and trying my very best to to pour into you things of God, pour into you things in the Bible, the better help than me will be if you just consult the Word of God. Literally, any question you have or any problem in life, the Bible holds the answer, whether it's worry, grief, depression, anxiety, bitterness, jealousy, etc., 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 etc. The Bible holds the best advice that can ever be obtained. I have a lot of people that I love and that I would go I will go to and I will ask, "Hey, have you ever been through this? Have you ever experienced this?" And I'll ask them if they have any kind of advice that they can give me. But the best advice that I've ever gotten, the best advice anybody's ever given me has been when I've got it out of the Word of God. And I can sit here and I can try, I could give you scripture after scripture after scripture that I hope would help you. And I know that at some point it will help you. That's the best advice a man or a woman, a boy or a girl could ever receive. And it holds not only encouragements for the negative in life. Not only when you're feeling low will it give you a pick-me-up, but also it encourages you as you're doing good. And it says, hey, look, you know, you're pleasing the Lord. The Bible says, delight thyself in the Lord, and he will give thee the desires of thine heart. There it is. It's encouraging the good that's there. It's building upon the good that's already placed there. And you've got to realize, and so many times I don't think we do, this canon of Scripture, this God-breathed, God-inspired reed and rod, rule for life, are the literal words of God pinned down so all mankind can read them. And you can look and you can study into the translation of the King James Version Bible and I understand and know there's a lot of other people and even maybe some of you 
might use a different version Bible. I personally, from what I've studied and what I've seen, I feel like that the King James Version Bible is the closest thing you can get to reading the original manuscripts in, in this day and time and with what we have. Um, and one day we're going to do an episode and we're going to try to dive off into that and, and talk about the King James Version Bible and why it's so important and why it's so special compared to, to other ones. But this inherent Word of God, this holy Bible that, that you hold in your hand, it's a living book. I've been reading it at night and sitting there in my room and the Bible open and I'm I'm studying on, on a subject and say I'm looking at uh in the book of Daniel and I'm looking where Daniel was thrown into the lion's den and and I can lose myself in this book. Well you might say, Well, Grayson, that any book can do that. You can get lost in the story and you can put yourself in the story, and yes, that's true. But there's also been times when I've been struggling in my life and there's been hard things coming to me and and seem like I wouldn't make make it out. I wouldn't there was no way that I could make it out. And I would sit there and I'd begin to read. And David wrote in one place, I look unto the hills from whence cometh my help. And as I read that scripture, I could see it in my mind, and it it jumped off the page at me. And it was like that one verse was illuminated, and I, and I could spiritually see myself looking toward the hills. Well, Grayson, you sound crazy. Maybe I am, mate. But how about this? If you think I'm crazy, number one, you try Jesus, and you have a relationship with Him. Number two. When times get hard, you look at the Word of God and see if it don't help you. And another thing that the Bible does that proves that it is a living book, it can be read millions of times by millions of people, and someone can receive something out of it that someone else hasn't. I can read this Holy Word of God, and I can be sitting here right now with a Bible open, and I can read to you pieces of Scripture, and somebody in Mumbai, India can open the same Bible, can look at it and read the same verse, and God can show them and speak to them in a different way through the same passage of Scripture than what I was spoken uh, spoken to or spoken through. And it causes a stirring of the Spirit of God. When you read and you begin to study, there are times where It'll begin to stir you at your soul, and it could be by way of remembrance. The one writer said, Behold, I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. So you may be looking, and the Bible may have a a verse that has reminded you of where you've come from. You can look, and the Bible also will convict us, will convict our soul and let us know when something's not right in our lives. And you can look, and you can be reading it, and you can see it, and and you know that there's something wrong, and and the Bible showed you that and pinpointed what that whatever that that thing might be, and it also will give us encouragement. And I love the Word of God. I love the Bible, and my favorite thing about it is the encouragement that it brings. How that when man seems to fail me. 
it seems like everybody's turned their back on me. I can consult the Word of God, and it can encourage me no matter what I'm going through. Yes, sometimes you might have to look, and you might have to study, and you might have to dig a little bit. But there will be something there, whatever you're going through, that can help you. Well, if it's a living book, how do we know it's living? John 1, verses 1 and 2 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Now, this is one of those verses that you have to read slow. If I if I sat here and I said, You in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word... Uh, was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. You wouldn't be able to comprehend it. I'm reading so fast, I'm I'm running right by it, and, and your brain's not going to be able to keep up with what the Bible just said, what the Word of God just said. I want us to look, and it said, in the beginning was the Word. So from the foundations of the earth was the Word. And the Word was with God, so it was there with God before the foundation of the earth. And the Word was God. The Word of God was this, and and it says the same was in the beginning with God. What this verse is telling us is that in the very beginning, the Word of God was there. Well, what's what's the Word of God? It goes on in the 14th verse of the book of John, 14th verse of the first chapter of the book of John. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word of God became flesh, and became Jesus Christ. Dwelt among us, was here. The Word of God literally dwelt among men. And you look in your Bible, and you begin to read and study, and you can find from Genesis all the way to Revelation, in your 66 books of the canon of Scripture that's put before you, You can look and you can find Jesus all the way through it. Why? Because He is the Word of God. Everything that He taught, everything that He he spoke, everything that these other writers pinned down were from Jesus Christ. God breathed, God moved upon it, it came from him, that word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. And I, I tell you, if that makes me excited, that ought to bring more weight to that book. It's not just a leather bound book with a bunch of of paper in it, with a bunch of black ink and red ink, and and white paper with your fancy gold uh, gold on the side of it. it. It's not just that, but it's more. The Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. And more so than all of this other stuff, 
all of these other things that can help us, all of these other things that can encourage us, it contains the way to heaven and the gospel of Jesus Christ. His death, His burial, His resurrection, and the price that was paid so we can escape an eternity in hell. You might say, well, Grayson, how do you know all this about getting saved? How do you know all this about uh, escaping sin? Because of the Word of God. Had it not been for the Word of God, I would have never known that Jesus Christ had done all these things for me. Many of you, I'll say all of you, had it not been for the Word of God, had it not been for the Bible, none of us would have known any of these things that had happened. Word of mouth that is spoken can only be carried for so long, and eventually it'll break the cycle and it won't be carried on anymore. But when it's pinned down and it's written down and there's a copy you can hold in your hand, It'll last around and it's preserved. The Lord preserves His Word. He said He would preserve it. And He has. And I want to give you a cool, I guess you'll call it a a fun fact. Psalm 117 is the 595th chapter. There are 594 chapters before Psalm 117 and 594 after it. Thus, it's chapter 117 of the book of Psalms that is at the that is the center chapter of the Bible. And to find the center, the very center of the Bible, and to divide it up in in the verses, you can look at the very beginning of Psalm 117. And it says these words, Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise Him, all ye people, for His merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Now you tell me there's not something about the Word of God, that in the very middle of it, you could look and you could count down to the very middle. It begins with Jesus, and it ends with Jesus, and in the very middle of this Bible, in the very center of it, It's saying that His Word would endure forever. The Lord endures forever. And the truth of the Lord endures forever. Praise ye the Lord. That's why I encourage you and whoever it may be to read your Bible and to study your Bible. Those are two different things. You can read it and reading is very good for you. You can read it and and familiarize yourself with the Bible and where pieces of scriptures are and where things happen in the Bible. But also I encourage you more than just picking a chapter and just reading through it. Take and break it down and study it. And, And really, if you want to pick a word and you want to study that word through the Bible and see what the Bible says about one word, do it. If you want to study a topic and find out what the Bible says about that topic and follow it through the Bible, do it. A lot of people say that you ought to read your, you need to read your Bible every day. It's not a commandment. And it's not a law that we read our Bible every day. But I will tell you this if you just, even if it's five minutes, you devote yourself to the Word of God in reading and in studying. 
I guarantee you that it'll help you. I promise you that it'll help you. I could try my best to give you any advice and try my best to give you the best advice that I could for whatever your problem may be, but I wouldn't be able to give you any advice like what the Word of God could give you. In closing, the true Word of God was sent to all man, all mankind, every one of us. That's why if you want a copy of the Word of God, we want to send you a copy. Because it's for all of us. It's not just for a select few. It's just not for a handful here and a handful there. But it's for everybody. And it was given to all mankind in order to give. And I want you to look at this. B, basic. I, instructions. B, before. L, leaving. E, earth. B-I-B-L-E. Everything that you need to know was written and put into a handbook that you can have. And we're going to land the plane right here. And we're going to start closing out this episode. And it may be short this time, but everything you ever needed to know is in the Word of God. That's it today for the Level Ground Podcast. It may have been a little scattered. It may have been a little different, but we felt it very needful that we share this with you this time. If you need a copy of the Word of God, reach out to us. Uh, reach out to our email at levelgroundpodpod22 at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, uh, Level Ground Podcast. Find us on Instagram, levelground.22. We want to hear from you. Um, and as always, stay grounded, my friends.